At Kroger, we believe it takes the right team to bring you the freshest produce. That's why we partner with farmers who grow only the best. And that level of teamwork means better, fresher options time and time again. Working with farmers is what it takes to be fresh for everyone. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's the big $10 sale. So mix and match and get two, three, four, five, or even 10 for $10 with your card. So many great deals. Kroger, fresh for everyone. All hit radio. Welcome to the X Zone. A place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And good evening, one and all, and welcome back to the X-Zone. I am Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the X-Zone. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the X-Zone comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern. Right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and our family of broadcast affiliates right around this world. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And for all the listings of, of the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV, visit simultv.com. My first guest tonight, Exonation, is Karen Lake, and uh, Karen's going to be sharing an experience with us that she's had, and um, for, why don't we just bring Karen on and say hi to Karen. Hi, Karen. How are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you. All right, Karen. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I was the oldest child in a family of eight kids. I was a hairdresser. I'm a Reiki, a master Reiki therapist, mm -hmm. and I was raised by a very psychic woman. Um, she knew when people were going to die, and she knew, uh, like one year we bought a, her a, a dishwasher, right? and she told us, you guys better take that back because I just bought a dishwasher. She knew things before wow. they ever happened. So that's what I was raised with. And it just uh, piqued my curiosity. And later I joined the Theosophical Society and 
studied a lot, and, and I never thought I would ever have this experience I had. I was living in the mountains in northern Idaho, and I couldn't see my neighbors, but they weren't too far away. Um, but it was still kind of isolated, and that's uh, where the experience took place. Why don't you share that experience with us? Okay. Um, well, I have it in a book. Mm-hmm. And could I just read it? Because with this brain aneurysm, if I go through my memory then, and I have any stress at all, then I leave stuff out. Oh, I see. So sure, read it out of the book, dear. Okay. Okay, in... 2001, I was working in a casino in the state of Idaho, November, uh, in November. It was my night off work. I went to bed at around 10 p.m. At exactly 2.30 a.m., I saw the clock on the dresser. Then I looked at the foot of my bed, and there I saw three aliens known to me as the graves. I tried to get out of bed, but could not move a muscle except to turn my head. I felt frantic like I was trapped. I could feel the beings working on me or whatever it is they do. Something was inserted into my left ear and it felt like a hornet buzzing around which was really strange. I don't know how long all this lasted but the next thing I knew my vision changed into a kaleidoscope vision with colors of greens and white. This was a lot comp calmer on me than the hornet buzzing in my ear. I don't know how long they worked on me, but I knew I was chosen for some reason. The reason has not yet been shared with me to this day. How has your life changed uh, since that experience you've had? Um, I'm real, I get nervous at times. I moved <laughs> out of the woods back right. to town, back to, uh, it's about 10,000 people. Um, and I just, am, because I don't know who, what they did exactly and why they did it, that makes me nervous. I, I understand that, and that's quite understandable, but how has... Has your life changed in any way since the encounter going back to 2001 with these, with the grays that you saw what, that night at 2.30 in the morning at the end of your bed? Yeah, I, for a long time, I didn't trust hardly anybody. I, be, I was always kind of a loner, but then I got um, to be a real loner. Mm-hmm. Um, I have four children that I adore and. I don't do too much out outside. Uh, I did get nominated uh, to the Canadian Music Awards for a song I wrote called Prophecy Keeper. And it's on, um, oh, it's on. Uh, I, I believe it's on YouTube, right? Yeah, YouTube. Right. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. And, uh. See, that's what the brain aneurysm has done to me. Sure. I, unless I read, I get real 
I can't always remember what I want to say. I know what I want to say, but it's just not there. And the doctor said that probably wouldn't change a whole lot. It has gotten a little better. So Now, have you come to understand or accept any reason why the ETs visited you that night in 2001? Well, one of the things that I realized mm-hmm. was they didn't kill me. So... For that reason, uh, maybe it wasn't bad. It was just a different experience than uh, what I what I'm usually experiencing. And uh, I think my he I think my healing has come up better. And uh, after that happened, uh, my songs all got better. So. Uh, my songwriting skills and everything improved, so mm-hmm. uh, maybe it wasn't as bad a time as I thought it was right at first. So, Karen, why do you think that you were visited and that you were chosen by the ATs? Okay, it could be genealogy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I've got native Irish bloodlines plus other bloodlines, too, but uh, I've heard that they like those bloodlines. For whatever reason, I'm not sure, because the article didn't say. Maybe they're closer to Mother Earth or something. I'm not sure. But I've always been a healer. Mm-hmm. Even before I took the Reiki, I, my mom would always have me work on her, she didn't tell me at the time, but later, years later, she told me she knew I had healing abilities. So I helped her a lot with her arthritis and her lupus. And so I think that's one of the things. You know, one of the things that has changed a lot. Now, after you had your experience going back to 2001, did you... Did you report the experience? Did you go and see your family doctor and say anything to him to see if there was anything in your ear, or did you just handle it yourself? Oh, I handled it myself. I know I, I haven't ever told the medic. I don't trust them. I don't trust the medic. There are some people mm-hmm. in um, the organism to do with uh, alien phenomena, that I would have trust, but trusted, but I never ever had a chance to really go with them. Uh, so I just kept it to myself for all these years. It's been 20 years, by the way. Yeah. All right, Karen, you and I have to take our first uh, commercial break, and Dexo Nation, our guest this hour, is Karen Lake, and we'll be back on the other side of this short break talking to Karen more about her experiences, her life, and her ET experience. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com, and uh, we'll be back. After all, this is a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And this is the Exxon, Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, 
and our fine family of broadcast affiliates right around this great big world of ours. Don't go away. Shaped lights put people up tight. Leave blue green footprints that glow in the dark. I hope they get home all right. Hey, Mr. Spaceman, won't you please take me along? I won't do anything wrong. Hey, Mr. Spaceman, won't you please take me along for a ride? Welcome back, everyone. Karen Lake is our guest to this hour here on the Exxon. And uh, Karen, when 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 you were having this encounter with the Greys going back 21 years ago in 2001, did you remain in your home or were you taken to uh, a, a craft above uh, above your home in the sky? Well, that's the part that I don't know. Um, I don't remember any of that from the time they put me out. Um, I've got some things written in my book. Um, could I just read some things? And Oh, definitely. Def- sure, definitely. Okay. Go ahead, sweetie. It, okay. I awoke sometime later, jumped out of bed, and ran to the windows to look out at the forest. Everything looked so natural, a beautiful landscape of some of Idaho's greatest mountain beauty. I tried the door to make sure it was locked, and it was. Now, how did they get inside? I don't know how they could have done it, but there they were. I picked up the phone to call a psychic friend of mine. I asked him about the experience, and he told me that I was being prepared to help out in the last days of Mother Earth as we know it. This did not sit well with me, but I trusted my friend's opinion I accepted what he told me. During this time, I was getting ready to go to Nashville to sign papers with a record company for my first song. I went to work, finished the week, and prepared for my trip. I noticed at work that I felt kind of spacey, discontinued, and I knew I had to seek medical treatment. I just wouldn't share the alien experience with anyone, especially the medical field. After I returned home from Nashville, I went back to work, a little tired but filled with enthusiasm. I had not been on a nice vacation in several years. The spacey feeling returned, and some days I had a hard time standing up. My speech got a little blurry at times. One day, my boss sent me home and told me to get to a doctor as he figured something was wrong, and it was. My blood pressure was sky-high. They gave me high blood pressure pills and took me off work for a couple of days to rest. I went back to work a little more rested. 
some days it was like normal readings, and other days my blood pressure would be sky high again. All the while, though, I had a fear of the aliens coming back to mess with me or hurt me. I was too shy about talking to others about my feelings. Most people didn't know a thing about aliens, let alone someone who had been worked on. I had a couple of close friends who I was able to communicate with my feelings to. I listened to Coast to Coast AM on the radio, and one night I got on and told my story. George Norris said he believed me. That gave me a little more confidence in talking about my experience. Winter turned to spring and spring turned to summer. I was supposed to do hairstyles for a wedding. I made it through the hairstyles and the beautiful wedding. I left the wedding and drove the 20 miles to work. I finally got to work and had two days off. I awoke the next morning at 11 a.m. I felt like I had been run over by a herd of wild horses. Everywhere in my body, I hurt. I made it through the day. The next morning, I woke up, and I felt very sick, so I went to take a shower. I was getting out and drying off, and I felt a ping in my head above my left ear. It didn't hurt until a minute later. Then it was like I had 50 headaches on top of each other. I threw on my jeans and sweatshirt and ran to the neighbor's house. I was screaming at the top of my lungs. The pain was horrible. My neighbor rushed me down to the clinic. They figured I had a brain aneurysm and rushed me by ambulance to Spokane, Washington. I was in the ambulance waiting to go to the, to the hospital when I found out when I found myself outside my body and the ambulance in the sky and clouds. It felt great to be out of pain. I lingered there a while, not caring if I made it back to my body. I saw my mom and spoke with her. I was in and out of my coma for three days. On the third day, I heard a male voice tell me it wasn't my time to die. I felt special like I had a purpose for the rest of my life. The nurse came in and asked where the doctor... The nurse came in and I asked her where the doctor went. She said... There hasn't been a doctor in this morning. I told her I heard a male voice tell me it wasn't my time to die. She touched my shoulder and said, Sweetie, that was God. I hear this all the time. She smiled and told me the kind of aneurysm I had is survived by only one out of 3,000 people. You are the lucky one. That left me with a feeling of great satisfaction. I knew how important life really is now since I almost died. I knew I was strong, but this was proving to be too much. The days in the hospital went by fast. I was able to return home after staying with my daughter for a week and my dad for five days. Getting back home was great, but I had a lot of ups and downs. The weeks flew by and turned to months and years. I had to learn to read again. And it took me six years to read a book. Then I landed a job with a Nashville or that Nashville recording company. And that was a great chance for me to help get my music going. I love to write songs and poetry and articles. I interviewed the stars in the country music field.
Is that it? No, I'm getting a page. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's all right, sweetie. It's all right. I, okay. I believe my brain aneurysm was a result of whatever the aliens did to me that first night they came. I don't think they intended to harm me. It was an accidental effect. After a couple of years, no other alien encountered. I started to relax a little more and wasn't near as skittish. One night, though, I had my experience I shall never forget. I was coming home from I was coming home from a friend's house, and it was about midnight. My son and his wife were staying with me for the summer, and I wanted to get home to them. I had to get up early to be at work. I was on a lonely mountain road, and as I came close to Windfall Pass Road, I noticed what I thought to be the full moon large and bright in the sky. As I got closer, I decided it was not the full moon as it was just above tree level. I pulled my car to the side of the road, flashed my headlights on and off four times. All at once, the circular bright light started down the horizon ahead of me. It disappeared and then it appeared all at once again. As the bright light came back towards me, I put my car in gear to make it home, it swirled around doing maneuvers I had never before witnessed. I was very excited and scared. I was only a couple of miles from home. I continued my driving my car down the road, all the while watching as a bright light put on a light show I shall never forget, nor have witnessed since that night. As I drove down the road and the last curve before reaching my driveway, the bright light disappeared ahead of me into the tree. I drove up my driveway and saw my daughter-in-law sitting on the deck. She came running out to the car and said, where is the other car? There is no other car, I said, but wait till you see what followed me home. I pointed to the circular light again at tree level above us. Her eyes grew big as she said, is that what I think it is? I nodded my head, yes. She said, just before I returned home, the driveway and trees lit up. She thought it was me coming home, but no car appeared. When I did arrive, she thought the bright light was another car. The bright light in the sky hoovered above my home till dawn. And when I got up to get ready for work, it had disappeared. I thought it was the aliens checking on me. I did not feel bad that it was gone. It just made me so much more curious as to what had happened and why. Unfortunately, I didn't have my camera with me to take photos, but the experience is embedded in my brain, I feel, forever. The years have passed, and I still have these memories like it all happened yesterday. I always wanted to know the details of why this happened and what I am supposed to do with the experience. I love to write, so maybe my experiences will make it easier easier for others to have experienced these beings or UFO sightings to understand that they are not alone, as this is a worldwide phenomenon. All right, Karen please, stand, my, Karen, yeah. Karen, please stand by. I've got to take my break. When we come okay. back, we'll hear the conclusion of Karen's story. 
This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Are you a believer or are you a skeptic? Send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com. Won't you please take me along? I won't do anything wrong. Hey, Mr. Spaceman, won't you please take me along for a ride? Woke up this morning, I was feeling quite weird. Had flies in my beard, my toothpaste was smeared. Over my window, they'd written my name, said so long. Exxon Nation, our guest this hour is Karen Lake, and uh, Karen has been sharing with us her experience, her encounter, her abduction, going back to 2001 in Idaho. Uh, first of all, Karen, thanks very much for joining with us tonight and for sharing your story with the Exxon Nation. Uh, be- before we went to the break, you were telling us th- that you had gone... I. I- I forget where you said you were going, but you were coming home in the dark roads, and uh, your your son, you, you know, your family, you, you had family down for the summer, and when you got home, I believe it was your daughter who asked you where the other car was, and you then you also told us that the you know you showed her the the light or the UFO, and that mm-hmm. the UFO remained over your home until daybreak. Uh, and you and you really believe that they had come back to check up on you? Well, why? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, I just think that they were just checking out, maybe, maybe to see if I was all right or mm-hmm. where I was living, or I don't know. Uh, why would it be there? That's true. And now, were there any other sightings? of this object in the skies over where you lived uh, that were in any of the newspapers on any of the radio shows or that had been reported to the sheriff's office? Not that I know of. Mm -hmm. Uh, If there were, I didn't hear of any, but that doesn't mean they weren't. But I had seen a couple of other sightings uh, in that time frame. And... um, sometimes coming from Spokane, Washington, where I visited my family, on the way back, I'd see different things in the sky. Uh, that sometimes they just stood still. And like this one one episode I just talked about, mm-hmm. it was stationary. So... This this uh, this light in the sky, or or what you th- at first thought was the moon, but then it wasn't the moon. Was it because it was moving, or is it 
how how you know I'm trying to understand how you how you came to the conclusion it was a UFO if it didn't move. Well, not all UFOs have to move. They can just stand there. But then when I flash my headlights on and mm-hmm. off, that's when it moved. Okay. So it so, so it did the, move. It was answering me, I think. All right. And then did it follow you home and remain over your home? Is that right? Yes, yes. It remained over the home till dawn. And then it was gone. Now, have you seen that UFO since? No. No way. Now, prior to your your UFO experience in 2001, or I should say your alien contact in 2001, had you had an interest in UFOs and and uh, aliens? Yes, I. We live in a great big universe, and I just knew we couldn't be the only ones mm-hmm. here. Um, I I'd read and studied about them, and I had a curiosity. But I didn't ever think I would be in that position. Uh, I I do remember one episode of being inside a UFO, like a two or three level one, and I recognized some of the people. I couldn't tell you who they were, but I know I recognized them at the time, and we talked and. Uh, that's the only time that I remember being in one. Based on your experiences, do you think that there is a, an organized agency that is in charge of the alien agenda? Yes, I do. And what brings, Uh, what brings you to that conclusion? Well, I think it's with the governments of the world and, uh, and with the whole universe, mm-hmm. uh, I think there's got to be a connection there. And whether or not they use it for good or not is one thing. Not all of them would, and not all of them wouldn't. I, I don't understand that. Are you saying that there's a, a cover-up in place? Oh, I think there's a big cover-up, yeah. Why do in you think- our country... Why, do, Why th- do I think that? Yeah. Um, well, I just read different articles, and uh, I think our government would be a lot more social, friend- people-friendly, and wanting to get to the bottom of the... wanting to bring the truth out, is what I should say. Wanting people to know that all the all of this exists, and they keep denying it. And people like me, all over the world, sees them or has experiences. So that that's what makes me think that way. What do you think would happen if the government came out one day and said they're here? Here they are. They're here. What do you think would happen? I think there would be some chaos, uh, especially by 
organized religion might not being able to grasp that idea or realization. And um, I just don't think it would be a really good one. I think it would scare a lot of people. But what happened? Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna. Oh, I was just gonna say that with my experience with this thing I'm talking about tonight. Um, I don't know. They have to be more upfront. The government should be more upfront with it uh, because I think it was Eisenhower that I read about. He was the, kind of the start of this. Um, so that's kind of what I've read. And I only know what I've read, I mean, on that kind of information. Now, why, why haven't you gone to any official, um, any official links to report your story? Why haven't I? Because I don't trust them. I, I have zero trust in something like this. Why? Uh, because I don't want them experimenting on me. Well, Cutting me open. Or, mm-hmm. um, doing weird experiments. And I just... But I what, don't know. What, I, what makes you believe that the government would conduct experimentation on you or any other any other official reporting uh, system? Well, I think they do a lot of that on animals and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, like with this COVID thing, I, I don't trust them with that either. I'm totally against those shots. Okay, well, Mainly that... because of my bl- uh, aneurysm I had mm-hmm. and I had clotting. And I don't. Want, I would never take a shot. Even put, even if you kill me, and I wouldn't take it. So so even if your doctors or neurologists said that the COVID shot was safe for you to take, taking into consideration your past medical history, you wouldn't take the shot. Yeah, with my past medical, and that's what I'm basing it on. Because mm-hmm. uh, I had, you don't know what I went through, and nobody knows what I went through to come back from that. It took me six years to mm-hmm. learn to read a book. I didn't know when I had to use the restroom at first. Mm-hmm. I didn't have taste. I didn't have smell. I was almost blind. My God. So it was, yeah, it was a horrible, uh, the first five years were horrible. Then it started getting better. And then I started making, my husband gave me the money to go get a $1,200 computer, which I did, and that really uh, helped me. It really, because I could enlarge the letters because mm-hmm. my eyesight, my eyesight, I still have trouble with it. Oh. Well, all right. And uh, Karen, we've got to take our final break, so please stand by and exonation. Uh, our guest this hour is Karen Lake, and um, it's one heck of a story. We're glad that you're recovering on the road to recovery, Karen. And we thank you for sharing your story with us. And we'll hear the conclusion of this story on the other side of this break as the Exxon continues right here from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. 
If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV and the Exxon TV channel is exclusive to Simul TV. Don't go away, we'll be back. Welcome back. Uh, Karen Lake is our special guest. Karen has been sharing her incredible stories about alien abduction, alien contact, UFO sighting, near-death experience, and her fight back from a brain aneurysm. And uh, Karen, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's, uh, it's great having you with us. And congratulations on getting back from, from the near-death experience as well as your, your health issues that you've had. Thank you. Karen, have these experiences changed the way that you look at society and how you look at people and how you feel and interact with people? Yeah, it does. Um, I always want to help people. That's Mm -hmm. my nature. And so do you know who um, Rosemary... uh, Ellen Guiley was? Yes, I did. I've had her on the show many times. Well, okay. This is this article I read tonight was from her book that I wrote the article for. And I have one little more paragraph and then something that she wrote. And well, uh, it's just a small paragraph. Sure, what so I, I could, if I could finish that, please. then it would explain a little more. Please, dear. Okay. Go right ahead. Um, I always want to know the details of why this happened and what I am supposed to do with the experience. I love to write, so maybe my experiences will make it easier for others who have experienced these beings or UFO sightings to understand that they are not alone, as this is a worldwide phenomenon. I just tell myself there must have been a purpose for what I've gone through. I will do what I can to help or teach others. Now, here's the commentary she wrote. Carrie Lake is among many contactees who have had health complications arising from their interaction with aliens. 
In Karen's case, she did not feel the complications were deliberately caused, but an accidental byproduct. Perhaps the aliens do not understand enough about human physiology. More significant were other changes, an increase in creativity, and a new sense of having a purpose in the advancement of human consciousness. These two are reported by other contactees. And that's it. What would you like to say to people listening tonight who may have had an experience but are not able to share their experience like you have? Um, just start writing. Keep a journal. I've got a journal that I don't always write in when I should, but I try to. And um, talk with other people. It helps me if I talk about it. And if you just keep it bundled up inside of you, it'll just eat you away. I mean, that's what I was letting happen. And then I thought, oh, I've got to start writing, doing some writing and getting it out and... uh, my Native American songwriting started getting better after this experience. That's what was nominated to the Canadian Music Awards. And um, we didn't win it, but it was awesome getting the nomination. And it's a beautiful song. Mm-hmm. It's uh, oh, an awe-inspiring song, but it's also a very haunting song. What was, and, your ins- what was your inspiration for writing the song? Well, I didn't have the inspiration at first. It wasn't my inspiration. It was uh, some, um, it was the radio station, um, Prophecy Keepers Radio. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you've heard of that. No, I haven't. It was, oh, you haven't? Oh, no. okay. Uh Blue Otter was the owner of it, and he got a hold of me one day mm-hmm. to ask me if I would write a song called Prophecy Keeper. I said, sure, if, if it's meant to come, it'll come within a couple of days. Well, that was nine in the morning when I got the email from him, and I had that song back to him at six o'clock that night. Now, when you, you say song, did you just write the words or did you write the music as yeah, well? Yeah, I just, well, the music came to me in my brain. Uh, the melody, I mm-hmm. had down pat just from one time with it. So it was otherworldly. I have no doubt about that. And um, it was the, the most awesome, ex- one of the most awesome experiences I've had with my music. And I got many things worth to sing the song. And she added another part, and I'm not saying she did wrong, but she didn't tell me. And so I would have said, well, you have to have a part without that in it, because I got explicit directions when, as soon as I was done writing the song not to change one aspect of that song, the words in it, to leave it exactly like it was. Who gave you these instructions? I don't know. It was just 
a voice in my head that, that said it. That's or a knowing. Mm-hmm. I do that a lot, and uh, a lot of times songs will come to me, and I don't even have to think about it. I mean, I when I wrote that song, I wrote what I heard, and also I was at my laptop in Plummer, Idaho, writing this all this stuff down, but I was also in a mountain ravine on horseback, riding through the woods, singing the song as it was coming through me. It was the most awesome experience of my life. It affected me on different levels. You know, you sound like a very personable person. Why would you live alone in the middle of the mountains? Well, I love the mountains, mm-hmm. and uh, um, I wasn't really alone. There was a neighbor not too far away. I oh, just okay. couldn't see the house, you know, to get... Mm-hmm. I couldn't see the house to get help. I see. So when I say isolated, isolated, I don't mean there wasn't anybody around, because there were. And then there were other neighbors, but they were through the trees. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say isolated. Now, these other neighbors that live very close to you, not as isolated as, as I thought, did they see the, the spaceships that you saw over your house? I don't know. I didn't ever talk to, about it. No way. Yeah. We've got about a minute, uh, two minutes left, Craig just told me. Uh, what would you like to share? What are your final thoughts that you'd like to share with the XO Nation tonight, Karen? Um, I would like to say, if you've had these experiences or know other people that have had them, mm-hmm. to please let them know it's okay and there's help out there and there's enough people that this has been happening with that you'll get help and you're not alone. And I know I'm not alone. Um, It's just, uh, you have to get word out. And I kept it in for way too long. I know, uh, I know that. Do you know who Daryl Sims is? Oh, sure. The alien hunter. Yep, the alien hunter. I'm good friends with him. I was able to talk to him a lot, and he really helped me. Mm -hmm. Uh, writing back and forth and on the phone. And so, you know, there's a lot of people to search out. And he started bringing me out of my shell a little bit. So I give him a lot of credit. Well, that's great to hear. So, uh, Karen, I want to thank you so much for joining us and uh, for sharing your story with us here on the Exxon tonight. Yes, thanks for allowing me to be on your program. All right, you stay safe now and take care of yourself. I will. Thank you. All right. ExoNation, our guest this hour has been Karen Lake. Fascinating story. And uh, Daryl Sims has been on the show talking about the UFO that keeps, or uh, that is in Earth orbit, that if, if my memory serves me correct, 500, um, five, is Craig, was it 500 miles or even 30 miles wide by six miles high? Uh-huh. That's the guy. Claims to have been a former CIA agent. That's another topic for another show. 
Well, we'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studio in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at com on all social media sites, TV, And um, for all the programming available, that is on Simul TV on the Exxon TV channel, channel 54, visit www.simultv.com.